BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Welcome to Geek 5 Live. Welcome, 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 Geek Vibes Nation, to another special episode of Geek Vibes Live Interview. We will be having a very, very, very special guest call in in a little bit, so I will wait to do my introduction until she then calls in. But I can give you guys a hint. It is someone from the show, The Gifted. Um, Man, was that an amazing first season. Uh, Just so many... I don't want to say ups and downs, just so many just really fun, exciting things we got from the first season. Um, You know, and I love how it explored more than just the X-Men. I love these shows that give you a look at characters outside of the, outside of what society has already just shown us, uh, which is the typical X-Men team, Wolverine, you know, Magneto, Xavier. We get to see the other mutants. Um, and it was just such a fun, fun, fun introduction to all these characters. Um, and the way we saw the team kind of come together and then certain things, again, you're still facing the issue of mutants not being accepted by uh, humans. Uh, a war Xavier and Magneto had been fighting for decades, and it looks like they did not – Xavier um, – couldn't kind of get the humans to side with being one with the mutants. Um, and obviously it failed. Eric failed. Uh, Magneto failed also because he didn't get the uh, the humans to either respect or fear mutants um, like he was kind of planning on it. So it was just fun to see this new age team of heroes uh, and villains. We did see villains sprinkled in here. Uh, how that translated to what Xavier and Magneto were trying to do to now what um, this new core was trying to accomplish. Um, but like I said, we have a very special guest that will be calling in very shortly. So just hang tight with me, guys. We had an awesome interview with Cameron Cuff, uh, the star of Sci-Fi's hit new show Krypton last night. Uh, that was a lot of fun talking to him, uh, geeking out with him. The guy loves his comics. He loves uh, the idea of Superman. 
So it was just really fun to talk to him uh, about the show. Uh, we even kind of discussed how he would love to play Jason Todd in the DCEU. So that was a lot of fun to kind of get that out of him and have him geek out about what he loves about Jason Todd. Um, you know, just Cameron Cuff, an amazing guy. Make sure you guys check out Krypton every Wednesday at 10 p.m. on Sci-Fi. I am just waiting for um, Kanan to confirm when our guests will be calling in. All right. We should have Emma on in one second. Super excited to talk to her about everything involving the gifted, loved Polaris. Cannot wait to geek out with her. Amazon. Hey. All right. Hello. How are you? I'm great. Thanks. How are you doing? I am great. Uh, now that you're on, I would. Um, I'm going to give you a proper introduction. Uh, before we go right into the interview. Um, ladies and Perfect. gentlemen, Geek Vibes Nation, we have a very special guest. Um, she is the lead of the hit new show on Fox called The Gifted. Uh, she plays Polaris. It's Emma Dumont. Emma, how is it going? Hey, it's good. It's going great. I'm excited to be with you today. I am super excited to just completely geek out with you about all things The Gifted. <laughs> Uh, I love that show. What an amazing first season. Um, that show, it, it really caught me off guard um, from the aspect of it's it's from the standpoint of a lot of characters I don't believe mainstream uh, really is that familiar with. So I always love the idea of when uh, we get shows about characters that, you know, the mainstream, us as, as geeks and nerds, we know this because we read the comics, but the mainstream has no idea who these characters are. And I felt as though this first season did a great job with not only making us care about these characters, um, you know, like I said, most people might not have heard about, um, but it really made us feel invested in what's going to happen with them going into the, the second season. So can you just kind of talk a little bit about how you felt about the success of the, the first season? Yeah, I mean, gosh, you're so sweet about season one. Um, yeah, it's been phenomenal. And you're totally right. The show does sort of give, um, you know, give an opportunity for people to see characters that maybe, again, like the general populace, the mainstream media isn't familiar with. So it's super cool. I mean, I sort of like to say that we're like the next generation of, of the X-Men. Like my character's father is Magneto, who's a very famous X-Men um, I guess he's not a villain. I don't want to use that word. Um, and then we have um, we have Thunderbird, and his brother is very famous, Warpath. Um, so yeah, it's like cool that you, we sort of get to see you through the other mutants, and of co- that of course have existed for uh, decades and decades. So the tr- the true geeks like me know, know who they are, but some people don't. Um, season one has been amazing. I mean, it was. It was so cool to join the project. I was so excited when I found out who I was playing. Um, I mean, what an honor to play. I mean, basically, royalty. Um, so that's, like, pretty crazy and daunting. But, yeah, seeing someone has been fantastic and super fun, and I learned a lot of new things that um, I didn't know before. I mean, obviously, a lot of X-Men research and, and Polaris research and Marvel research and, and just stuff like stunts and other things that 
have been really cool. So, yeah, it's been great. And the fans have been so sweet and supportive and nice, and they send us so much love and, and have so many great opinions about the show and are so smart. They can basically guess what's going to happen before it happens. Like, they're really <laughs> diehard fans. I mean, it's, it's nuts. Like, my, I'll have, like, a wardrobe change, and someone will notice and be like, oh, this is going to happen. She's going to start flying or blah, blah, blah. And anyway, it's just it's great. Absolutely. I'm completely with you. And one thing that you said really stood out to me uh, that I wanted to talk to you a little bit about, because I do think that that is a uh, misconception about uh, the character arc that Polaris goes on uh, in this first season. Uh, To me, Polaris uh, isn't a villain from the standpoint of, um, you know, what we saw in this season. Um, To me, Polaris was fighting a battle. Her father had been fighting for generations. I was saying that to, to open up the, uh, the, the show, um, that it was a battle Magneto was trying to fight to where it's like, listen, you know, he, he tried it Xavier's way to where Xavier wanted uh, mutants and humans to kind of just coexist, and it just never worked. Every time it kind of felt like it was getting close, an incident would happen to where, like, maybe a mutant did something way off the rails, and now all of the, the, you know, the human population doesn't trust mutants anymore. And now we're back to square one. So I feel as though everything Polaris went through, uh, her being pregnant and getting arrested and spending that time uh, in, in that jail and, you know, being separated from uh, the ones that she loves, she just went through just such a crazy uh, path this first season. But I don't think she ended the season, even though what she did towards the end of the first season – Spoiler alert for anyone who hasn't seen it, but it's it's the season finale. It's been a while now. Um, but even the actions that she did in, in that instance, bringing down the plane and everything, even though that is just, like, really, like, not really kind of what heroes do necessarily, <laughs> I will say I, I understand deeply where she's coming from. It's like an unwinnable war that they're fighting, and it's just like you at some point have to pick a side. Are you going to continue to try to fight this unwinnable war, or are you going to, at some point, try to take matters into your own hands and try to shape, uh, you know, better results um, than what you're getting by just kind of sitting back and just hoping for a better future? Would you kind of say that was kind of Polaris's mindset, or do you kind of see it a little differently? Oh, no, 100%. You're dead on. Yeah, no, Polaris um, thinks nothing can get done by sitting on your butt, which is true. She's tired of hiding. Um, you know, unfortunately, she's dating someone in, like, a very serious, you know, her significant other, who is the father of her child, It has the opposite point of view of, of hers. And, you know, I think you're right. That's a great point. Polaris isn't a villain. She's just been through so much and realizes that, you know, how, how alive bigotry is and how it really affects everyone's lives. I remember there was a really, really heartbreaking episode where Polaris saves uh, the whole mutant underground saves a mutant, and they and they go through her records. Sage does and finds out that she had a son who was a mutant, obviously, and um, who was refused medical attention at a hospital and and passed away. Um, that's awful. Any 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 medical professional that would refuse a child help because they're a minority group, I mean, that's disgusting. So to Polaris, I mean, there's no excuse for it. It's just like it's now or never. We have to fight. And sure, people don't believe with, with what she does. With what she does, but I do have to point out, like Magneto was a Nazi hunter, straight up. He's a Nazi hunter, and like mm-hmm. that's a, a great, that's amazing. I mean, why wouldn't you do that? I mean, he survived, you know, the, the war and and through Auschwitz and everything. And and when you've been through things like that, it, it sort of makes you see the world in, in a different way. Um, you know, 
a lot of people compare um, Marcos and Lorna to uh, Charles Xavier and to Magneto. And I think that's really accurate, actually. And, and many people actually compare Charles and um, Eric and Magneto to Malcolm X and um, Martin Luther King Jr. So it's just like these things we're talking about aren't make-believe. As fun as it is to, like, fly and do crazy things, these are real things. You know, uh, abuse and, 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 and crime against minority groups is something we see every day. So, you know, it's cool to be like, oh, it's TV, but the fact of the matter is this is hilarious to somebody who, you know, is having a child and birthing a child into a world where it will be hunted from the day it's born. And that's not cool to her. That's not what she wants. Um, she wants to fight. She wants to stand up for herself. You know, and if that means stepping on some toes, then she's got to step on some toes. Um, you know, I, I personally, violence is never the answer, but at this point it's just she's got to do something. It's, all, it's like her whole family is going to be killed. Everyone she's ever loved is, is, is going to be hurt or killed or taken away from her. So she'd rather lose her family, which if anyone hasn't seen it, then it's a spoiler, but, you know, at the end of season one, she sort of loses the only family she knows. So she's willing to lose that to, to serve the better good, to save mutant kind, basically, is what she's trying to do. And, and she knows she has this legacy, and, and she knows that sort of she's the girl for the job. Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. And, you know, what, what impressed me a lot about, again, Polaris's arc was that I believe it was that first episode um, to where uh, her friends were escaping and she was kind of like putting up the shield um, to kind of like stop the bullets for them to get away. I believe that was when she was, uh, she was shot. You know, that then speaks to, again, she was trying to do, you know, uh, you know the right thing. Like she could have easily, uh, whether it was throw the bullets back at the cops or use any metal or anything that was near and completely obliterate those cops, she didn't, and I, I, I even think I remember there was like a split second to where she was deciding on whether or not she wanted to take that course of action, and she didn't. So, I mean, to, to, for anyone to think that it's as it's, it's simple as Polaris is a villain, it's not. And if you actually watch the first season, you see her struggle with the idea, uh, quite like Magneto in the, um, this current Fox universe of, uh, of movies with Michael Fassbender. Same thing with him. He, he even separated himself from the X-Men, from everything, um, you know, he tried to help someone out at, at a warehouse. They saw that he had powers. Cops came to hunt him down, ended up killing his, his wife and daughter. That was him trying to be away from everything, and violence still found him. So I feel as though Polaris is, is kind of like the same thing. She just wants to exist. She wants to have her family. She wants to just have, like, a normal life. But she's being hunted. Uh, mutants are being looked at as, like, these monsters. And she just keeps, you know, it, it keeps being like a thought of, I can't keep sitting on my hands while they're just killing us. And I kind of feel as though you can equate that a little bit to where we are as a society today with some of the injustices uh, that we go through in different facets of life to where it's just like protests and stuff uh, is something that we have to do. Obviously, we don't want to do anything violent. The idea of just sitting on our hands and, and hoping that these bad things go away that's not the case. And, you know, to a lesser degree, I don't want to say exactly to what Polaris is doing, but to a lesser degree, that's kind of like the, the world that she wants. She wants it to where it's like everyone can just be together and there's no, there's no infighting uh, between all of, excuse me, all of us as a society. And it's just, it's, it's really sad to see everything she had to go through in this first season to just kind of be stripped of everything. 
um, and her refusing to to let them strip away her dignity and and uh, you know and everything like that. So that's when she's like, all right, I have to, I definitely have to stand up for myself and and fight back. And you know, towards the end of the season, or actually the very last episode, we see her branch away and form her own team um, to where they're going to go out and continue the fight. Um, so I wanted to ask you, did you feel as though in that moment uh, she was starting to embrace exactly um, the legacy her father had left? For sure. I mean, first of all, I love everything you just said. I'm obsessed. Like, yes, you're dead on. Like, I love that you appreciate her moments where she doesn't attack or, or use her powers for bad because people see her and they assume she just has aggression issues and this and that. But the truth is, if Polaris wanted to, I mean, she says it in the pilot, clear as day, if she wanted to, she could kill, she could kill anyone. I mean, she's got the powers to, so people need to really, like, realize that. Um, as to what you were saying, um, yeah, I know she is her father's daughter. She has stepped into the legacy, stepped into, I would say, like, she's stepping into his helmet instead of, like, shoes. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> like, she's, yeah, she's, she is her father's daughter in every single way. I mean, personality-wise, they have the same powers. I mean, Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver are great, um, but they're, like, they were just made from his DNA. Like, she is actually his legitimate birth daughter, which is, like, crazy. Um, you know, but Polaris, that's not good for her. She doesn't want to be compared to her father. Her whole life she's been taught that he's evil and he was bad and he was a villain, just like, you know, we said earlier, are they villains, are they not? And she hates the idea of being just like her father. First of all, they didn't have a relationship. I mean, their relationship was really strained and barely exists. So, you know, she sort of hates him in a way. I mean, as, as, as you know, daughters do. Of course, everyone fights with their parents. But she really has this – she loves him but has a, a hatred for him because – and maybe it's resentment more because he disappeared. He disappeared when the world was, you know, going to hell in a handbasket. He didn't stay and fight, and she doesn't know where he is. And he, and she's furious that he, like, sort of expects her to take over his, you know, take over his throne and continue the fight for him when he he couldn't even bother to send her a birthday card, you know, or, or to show up in her life or go to her graduation, you know. And it's it's sad because even though she thinks that he wasn't there for these things, we don't know. We don't know if he was. We don't know if he was lurking in the shadows or I mean he's obviously watched her grow again for anyone who's seen all the episodes I mean we see that he definitely keeps in contact with her at least tries to and and sort of you know I don't know she just is very conflicted she and for the last few episodes we see her we see her with Dr. Blink you know her, her her new best friend I guess her only girlfriend after poor Dreamer passed away and we see her talking to the triplets the Frost triplets and sort of seeing yeah, also there's that I mean Emma Frost and Magneto have a long history, um, but right. she sort of is struggling with what she wants. What she wants, she knows what the right thing is to do, but she doesn't want to be anything like her father, and she's really afraid that when she does this, people are just going to be like, "Oh, she's just like her father. She's terrible. It's just genetics." You know, don't pay attention to her. But the truth is, she's not like her father, and she wasn't influenced by him. She has her own opinions, own feelings, her own political views. And I love her for that. I love Polaris. Sometimes I get emotional, like, thinking about Polaris and how much she's gone through and <laughs> as, you know, a soon-to-be mother, like, what she's fighting for. And it's, it's, it's crazy. It's heartbreaking. But it's, it's what needs to be done. And I don't know. I just wish – I sort of think of it, like, this way. I, there are so many people now using their voice. And I love social media as a platform for sharing things on the Internet. And I think there are so many evils that are coming out of the wo- woodwork that we need to destroy right now. 
and so much hate. Um, but I sort of like to think of Marcos and, and Lorna sort of, you know, Marcos is a great guy and he wants no more violence. He's like very peaceful and also he has a very hard, violent past. So it's very tentative to get back into that. Um, but I always say like Marcos is the kind of guy that would make like a very passionate like tweet about something, you know, if he saw an injustice, he like, like, he might like tweet about it and like say something really passionate that got and like retweeted and people would love it. Um, but Polaris is the kind of person that would walk up to someone and, and, and stop a situation if she saw it, like she would really get in there, even if it meant she would go to jail, even if it meant she had to use her powers in public and she would, you know, get thrown away and never, and you know, they throw away the key and they never see her again. So she's just really will, willing to risk it all. And it's weird. It's crazy to me because she is a soon-to-be mother. So I always think, you know, wouldn't that make her want to be want to be more safe and be more tentative to, you know, use her powers in public and and I guess do, act aggressively? But no, it makes her want to do it so much more. I mean, she has faith in herself that she could protect her unborn child if she had to. So she's going and fighting harder and and faster and and, and more. So I don't know. I love the girl. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I I completely agree with you, and I I think you know. Again, um, you know, she has developed, uh, you know, who she wants to be. And, like, as I watched the season, I wasn't watching it like, oh, that's Magneto's daughter. I was watching it like, this is Polaris. She is her own person. And as far as yeah. uh, what you were saying about her um, her unborn child, I think that makes her want to go harder. Because it's like, if I don't stop this war before my child's born, I'll have given birth to a child in this world I know will never accept my kid. Um, and, and that's what well, I'm pretty sure that's, that's a life Polaris does not want for her child. You know, like I'm pretty sure Polaris would love for her child to, you know, go to school, have friends, you know, grow up, go on dates, just, just be a normal kid and not have to worry about the, the cloud of who Polaris is or who Polaris's father was or anything like that. So, you know, I, I think that would make her, I think that makes her want to go even harder so she can try to build a, a better future for her child. Yeah. I mean, yeah, for sure. She never wants her child. I mean, as most parents, I think anyone who's a parent can relate. She never wants her kids or child, you know, however many she has, we don't know, to ever go through the hardships that she has to go through, or even even Marcos. I mean, that's, like, her worst fear. Um, it, you know, it, she doesn't want – gosh, and it's just, like, there, there's so many events happened in, in the, the world of the gifted. Um, like, there was a, a, a terrorist attack, and there were, like, things that happened. And, again, it's very similar to current events. Like, you can't blame an entire group because of the terrible – terrible act of a few people of a few evil people like you can't you can't generalize and that's what happens in the gifted and it's it's getting to a place where society is so full of hate and anger and it's 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 it's, and it's accepted it's culturally accepted like in many parts of you know current day united states it's accepted bigotry is accepted hate is accepted by different cultures and people grow up in that and that's horrible and you know there's also the point that like children don't choose to be nazis They're bred into it. I mean, they're born loving, and then it's the culture surrounding them that makes them that way. So it's just, it's you know, it's horrifying for her that she's now creating a person, and that person might be unsafe. I mean, it's so selfish to bring a person into a world where they're, where they're not safe. I mean, that's horrible, where they can't even get medical attention. You know, even Polaris right. herself has mental health issues. She can't go see a psychiatrist. If they find out she's a mutant, they'll stop seeing her. I mean, it's so 
heartbreaking. And, you know, there's also a point to be said that, you know, because she has such a strange relationship for, with her father, she never wants to be the way he was to her. She grew up in, with a foster family. Her parents died when she was young. So not only did she not have a, her, you know, her biological mother and her stepfather, she got, well, and her biological father, she also then had foster parents who, you know, she also lost. And, and you know, it's just, it's, it was really rough growing up for her. Um, and so she never wants to be that parent. She always wants to be there for her child, no matter what. No matter what she has to do, she will, will be there with her child. But then there's this new thing where she's like, shoot, <laughs> maybe my father wasn't wrong. Maybe he had to leave me behind so that he could save the entire world, save an entire race right. of people, um, save the mutant race. And now she's thinking, gosh, maybe he wasn't wrong and maybe he's not such a bad, a bad guy. So, yeah, there are lots of things around the pregnancy that are changing her thinking. I mean, she's maturing. We see her at the beginning of the season sort of being a reckless, reckless, I say reckless, shameless, fearless kind of girl, um, and maybe even careless. She, she'll do anything. She runs off emotion. She runs off adrenaline. And then sort of towards the middle of the season, we see her being, like, very much more focused. And what she's focused on is the young mutants because she knows that she's going to be a mother soon. And she wants to make sure they know how to protect each other, each other and themselves. And when she gets into a fight with um, the lovely Amy Acker, who plays Caitlin Strucker, you know, and they sort of butt heads. And she needs to make this woman, this woman who, um, you know, Caitlin's not, a minority, um, you know, she's a, a middle-class white woman, human, not immune. Um, so she doesn't really understand the hate and the bigotry um, and, and, the, and the prejudice. So, you know, Polaris thinks it's her job to sort of make her understand. Like, you don't understand. Your kids will not be safe. The, the privilege you have to walk out of your house every day and be safe, they will not have, and they are children. So I have to teach them how to protect themselves. I don't want to fight a war, but it's what has to happen. So, you know, the, 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 you know, the being a parent is like a, a big theme in our, in our show, and I think it's super apparent. apparent. I think it's super um, important um, and just like that, what that means, what you sacrifice to be a parent, what you sacrifice for your children. You stop living for yourself and you start living for another being, and that's like really, really crazy and, and something I'm really excited to explore in season two. Absolutely, and to me, the, the biggest thing is what you were saying about um, her kind of seeing how maybe Magneto had to make some sacrifices, such as being a father, for the greater good of the mutant cause, um, you know, that's really something that I'm, I'm sure at some point Polaris is going to have to start worrying about because uh, now that you have your own team, you are the leader. Like, everyone's looking uh, to you to show them the way. So, like, once you have the child, you're kind of you're kind of like, I kind of just want to focus on being a mother right now. And they're like, well, we need you to lead us. So, you know, that that's definitely something, um, you know, I hope we kind of see – not her struggle with, but her just kind of have, like, a rough time kind of doing both. Like, all right, I have to be a leader uh, of, of my new team and kind of show them what we need to do to further uh, our cause. But at the same time, like, I, I kind of have to just be a mother. So it's going to be really interesting to kind of see how that, that plays out. Do you think that that could possibly be a, a struggle that she deals with? Yeah, that's definitely going to be a struggle she deals with. And I love that you say you don't want to see her struggle, but I, Perks, I love Polaris, I love Lorna, but I do want to see her struggle. I think it's important for people to see. Um, I grew up with a single parent, and at this point it's pretty apparent that Polaris is going to be a single mom, uh, you know, given she's, like, separating from her her um, significant other. Um, and I think that's, like, 
really, really important. I think uh, we're going to see the struggles that happen with that and what it takes to lead a, a group of, I, I guess, like vigilante crime fighters. I don't know what else to call them, um, you know, activists <laughs> and also um, and also um, be a, a new mom and a, and a and sort of take on the reins of that over. Um, yeah, there's going to be so many struggles. I mean, I mean, yeah, I mean, just the, the time of the day. I mean, she won't be sleeping at night because <laughs> of the baby. I mean, she can't afford daycare. It, it's crazy because it's like a very common thing to like be a new mother, but to also have this other side where she's, you know, fight, fighting a war. It's, it's something we don't get to see every day, so I'm, I'm really excited for that. I also think it's important to, like, get into her, you know, her mental illness and how that affects her and how the pregnancy affects her. And I mean, I don't know for a fact what's going to happen, but will she have postpartum depression? Is that going to factor into this? Will she be able to, um, you know, evenly be a, be a good mom and be a good leader for the underground? I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen. I think whatever it is, she's going to have a better understanding of why her father had to sacrifice what he had to sacrifice. And I think the resentment towards him will slowly fade away. Um, but who knows? It's definitely going to be a struggle for sure, and I hope we see it. I hope, I hope, I hope we see the struggle because for I always say like you never have good without the bad. So for every struggle she goes through, it means it's one more good thing, one more fight she's going to win, one more, one more you know terrible uh, you know group she's going to take down or you know whatever it is. I just I'm really excited to see where her story goes. Yeah, no, I'm completely with you. I was raised by a single parent also, so, you know, I, I definitely understand oh, wow. where you're coming from with that. Um, so it's definitely going to be interesting to see her go through that. And, again, the mental illness that you brought up um, is definitely something that I could see could play a factor in, um, you know, her her being a mother, like, you know, her being nervous. Like, she's never done it before. She doesn't really have, have help. No one in her group really is of, you know, of, of a standpoint to where they can really lend a helping hand as far as, uh, you know, uh, caring words and encouragement and stuff like that. So it'll be really interesting to see how she, she struggles with that. Um, but I did want to ask you a, a few more questions. I don't want to take up too much of your time. Um, oh, yeah. my, my biggest thing is I love uh, the attire that we saw Polaris in all season. <laughs> well, outside of the, the prison get up, but her, her attire, I just loved it. Uh, because it, to me, uh, again, just my opinion, it kind of screamed rebel. Uh, it screamed, "I am my own person. This is this is who I am. Uh, I'm in, I'm fully embracing it." Uh, but I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you, will we get a legit costume uh, for Polaris in season two that you know of? I don't even know if a script has been like sent your way or anything. Uh, but from what you oh know, God, no. or, or even hope. Oh, yeah, I 100% hope that I get a full costume. I want the old-school green jumpsuit with the headpiece. Um, I want the whole I, the whole nine, the boots. I want everything with the, the jumpsuit with the cutouts. I mean, like, I've been working out really hard. I'm like, if I get abs, they have to give me the jumpsuit. Um, no, I want the full superhero look uh, with the long green hair. Um, yeah, I would kill for that. I don't know. I haven't seen any, any scripts. Nothing's official. It's Marvel, so, of course, it's very hush-hush until – everything premieres, so I, they don't even tell us stuff, um, but yeah, I would love that. You know, I, I do think Polaris is changing her look, though. If you look at the finale, I mean, she comes back in a jumpsuit, um, mm-hmm. so I think she's with, you know, a green collar on. I think she's definitely turning, you know, at least stylistically into more of what we are familiar with from the comic books. I will also say it's interesting, so um, X-Men Blue 
um, is it has a bunch of new issues out. And randomly, like out of nowhere, Polaris is now a leader of a, of a new group. Um, and she hasn't been since X Factor, I don't think, the leader of something. But um, so that's like, very exciting. And she has a totally new look. Um, I will say Polaris is looking a lot more like me than she used to. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, yeah, and so that, that group, their uniform is, like, cool leather jackets and leather pants. Um, so it kind of looks like the Polaris we see in The Gifted, which is super cool. So I don't, I don't know where our season two Polaris style lands, whether it's old school, new school comics, or if it's like just, you know, its own thing, but I'm really excited for whatever, whatever it is. I'm there. I'm there. I'm a hundred percent with you. Even though I did love, uh, the look of, uh, what Polaris was wearing, um, you know, with the jeans and, and the jacket. And I, I love that look. Uh, but I I would not be upset at all if we got a full actual costume like like from the comics <laughs> from Polaris even if it's like after you guys come back from like like a a small break or something and like it shows us in the trailer like she has now her own costume and I, I would just completely geek out like yes this is this is exactly <laughs> what I wanted. Um, I, I will ask you uh, just two more questions before I let you go. Uh, three actually, I'm sorry. Um, since you already told me you have not seen a script or anything, that ex- that kind of checks check marks like four of my questions that I had for you. Um, but, uh, just from from your standpoint, because uh, I'm pretty sure this is probably a question somebody on that set asked. Um, so I'm just curious to see what what your opinion is. What is the likelihood we see anybody like? Anybody, maybe not the bigger names like Xavier or Magneto himself, but like some of the other names like uh, maybe Nightcrawler, Beast, Mystique. What are the chances or, or how much would you enjoy the idea of us seeing some of the old regime pop back up? I would kill to have them on. I mean, not literally, but yeah, are you kidding? That would be everything. <laughs> I'll take anyone. I don't even care. Um, no, that would be killer. Oh my gosh, have Nightcrawler on the Gifted. That would be so cool. Um, yeah, I don't think it's going to happen, which is very sad. Yeah, it's really funny, though, um, because well, it's the world is so intertwined. Um, uh, Stephen Meyer, who plays uh, Reed Strucker, is Mary Kay Anna Paquin, who is... Um, Rogue, as we all know, um, in the X-Men mm-hmm. films. And uh, Blair, who plays Thunderbird, is actually, like, longtime childhood friends with Lucas Till, who um, played Havoc in, in the film. So we're all, like, very intertwined, but unfortunately I don't think we're going to see anyone on The Gifted anytime soon. <laughs> but you're right. We've all been asking since day one. Yeah, I, I, I just, to me, as I was writing the question, uh, like, a few weeks ago, I was just like, yeah, someone on that set had to just, like, just been sitting down with the producers and just like, hey, listen, I just want to know. Are we going to see anybody, yeah. like, maybe come into that world? I mean, because we even had something as cool as Patrick Stewart was saying, uh, you know, FX ever called him, um, and, you know, it was something that, you know, they both thought was, was really good. He would, come, he would be uh, Charles Xavier on the show Legion. So I'm just like, all right. He well, said come that? Come on, like, he did. He said it. Um, oh my god! In an interview, they were on. They were on some show, and it was the the. Uh, I can't remember the guy who uh, is a star from Legion, and Patrick Stewart were on there, uh, and he was saying, "Yeah, sure, I, I would. I would definitely, you know, like cameo or something along the lines of that. Uh, come back and be, uh, you know, pro- Professor uh, Xavier." So I'm like, "All right, well, if he's gonna do that, 
Like, come on, we got to get some some X Men. You know, even if it's not from the people who originally played them, um, we got to get some of the old X Men on the gifted just to like, you know, kind of show you know whether it's like the passing of the torch completely or it's just like, all right, we're gonna take like one or two characters and have them maybe not as series regulars but as pop ins here and there. Uh, you know, just to kind of really make the fans go crazy. I, I think that'd be really awesome to see those two uh, different worlds uh, collide. Yeah, that would be sick. Everyone would love that. I don't know if, like, like timeline-wise it works out. <laughs> I, I get very confused that is with true. the timing of all this stuff. But who cares? Anything can happen. It's the X-Men world. Um, no, I can't believe he said that about going on Legion. Um, can someone contact Fassbender for me or McKellen, please? Anybody? <laughs> like, are you kidding? That would be a dream. Um, yeah, I, they should both come on our show. <laughs> and we should do lots of flashbacks and flash forwards. <laughs> Absolutely. I, I'm completely with you. Uh, I would love, even if it's just like for two episodes, and that's all Fassbender does, like, ever for, for the gifted. Just, like, old, <laughs> you know, like, flashbacks of, like, when he was, like, at mutant rallies and he had you, like, you know, like, uh, oh my in, in the stands, yes. you know, just watching. Oh my gosh, like, just like, something like oh that gosh, would be so if, perfect. Oh, yes. What if they were, like, at a protest and, like, Baby Polaris was, like, on his shoulders? Wait, I'm obsessed. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is this is us kind of pitching ideas <laughs> to the gifted. That would just be awesome, and I'm pretty sure Fassbender would be down to do like an you know five minutes, uh, you know, for an episode or two. But that would be really dope just to see him holding her. So it shows uh, the the viewers that you know he didn't just like oh I don't want a kid get out of here kind of thing. Like it was yeah. he loved his daughter, but he couldn't do both. He couldn't be a a, a great father and a leader at the same time, like something had to kind of go by the wayside. And unfortunately, case he felt as though fighting this battle was just slightly more important um, than, than being a father. And, you know, he thought he could maybe issue change so that his daughter could have a better upbringing. Uh, unfortunately, that was not the case. Um, but yeah, come on, Fassbender, do like an episode. That that would be so dope. Yeah, come on. Um, Somebody tell Marvel and Fox. No, but that would be super cool. And also, it's just like, yeah, it's also dangerous. Like if you're gonna go fight fight crime, you can't have a kid with you. Anyway. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Um, so I just have two last questions for you before I I um I let you go. Uh, one is where would you like to see uh, uh your character Polaris go? Uh, like as far as going forward, like what would you like to see from her in season two? Um, I'd love it if she went to Paris and we filmed on location. No, just kidding. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I would love a lot of things. I just I hope she keeps on the track she's going on. The thing about Polaris is she's always so been so confident, but I think even more so than ever, she's wanting to just block out the voices and only listen to what she knows is right. And I just want to see more of that. I want to see more of her, like, telling people they suck and, like, like making sure that Nazis know that being a Nazi is super lame, um, you know, and, like, saving people, saving children. I mean, that's what she loves to do. I just want to see her save people and, and help the world because um, I think the world needs that. Absolutely. I completely agree with you. Honestly, if if this were a perfect world for Polaris, uh, one of the things that I would love to see is a picket fence uh, and her have, like, a very happy life with her husband and her Aww. baby or babies. That is what I would really love. But then a side of me is like, 
Nah, I kind of like seeing Polaris kick butt. So if <laughs> she kind of be like a I mean, great yeah. mother and still kick butt, that'd be awesome. I think she can. I think once the war is over, maybe she could like work for the fire department and help them save lives or like do something like less crazy. I would really hope for that. <laughs> but I still want to see her kick butt in the meantime. Um, all right, so thank you so much for joining me. I did see your Instagram, so I, I think you're on vacation. So thank you so much for, for doing this oh, yeah, uh, while you're trying course. to enjoy yourself. Um, my last no, question for you before you question for you before you go is, could we just get a drop from you before you go? Wait, say it again. Just a, just a drop, just something like, uh, I'm Emma Dumont. I play Polaris on, uh, Fox's the gifted and you're listening to geek vibes live. Oh, okay. Um, um, okay, wait. Um, <laughs> so I get just so nervous when I have to do improv. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, okay. Uh, let me do it. Okay. Um, uh, what's up, you guys? It's Emma Dumont from Foxes the Gifted. I play Polaris, and you're listening to Geek Fives Nation. What's up? Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. <laughs> oh my God, Get I'm back terrible. to enjoying <laughs> No, that was amazing. Get back to enjoying your vacation, and I hope we can get you back on around uh, either when we get an official announcement um, of when season two might uh, be starting, and then, like, after you're done filming uh, around the premiere, we can get you back on so we can kind of talk about what we can look forward to uh, this second season giving us. Oh, my gosh, yeah. I'll probably have so many good deets to spill, so much good good gossip. (laughs) Absolutely. I can't wait for us to geek out again like we just did. Yes. All right. Take care and enjoy the rest of your vacation. Amazing. Thank you so much for coming on. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. Take care. Emma Dumont is amazing. That was amazing. Had so much fun talking to her. Um, I cannot wait for season two to start up so we can see uh, the journey Polaris continues to to travel down. Uh, Thank you, Geek Vibes Nation, for listening in. Uh, We will be back this Sunday with another interview uh, with Ryan Potter. Tuesday we have an interview with Chris Williams. Uh, Thank you so much again, uh, Emma Dumont. This was an amazing, uh, amazing interview. I geeked out so much. I got goosebumps and I'm sweating. Uh, Make sure you guys uh, check out season one of The Gifted. If you have not, finish it so you're super ready for season two. Uh, Again, thank you, Geek Vibes Nation. Thank you, Emma Dumont. And I will see you guys Sunday. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. 
BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.